This is the Live Your Passion Podcast with your host, Ryan Bedard. We are proudly recording this podcast at the WSCA Studios in Portsmouth, New Hampshire. If you want to stay up to date on what we're up to, give us a follow on Instagram, at Live Your Passion Podcast. Hope you enjoy the show. Hello, hello. We are here with Jennifer DeRosiers, founder and CEO of Laney Lou Cafe and Wild Adventurous Life. Jennifer, how are you? I am so good. How about you? Good. It's hot out there. It's really hot out there. But, I mean, us New Englanders always find something to complain about, and it's definitely better than the rain. I know. Last week I was wearing a winter jacket and a winter hat going to yoga. It was not pretty. Yeah, New England. It's up, up and down. So, Jennifer, from what I've seen, you've been on a pretty crazy trajectory, kind of like you've been doing a lot of really cool stuff. Like you did the, uh, recently did that. What was the summit you just did? Soulfood Summit with Amber Liliestrom. Yeah, and and you were uh, one of the headline speakers of that. I was. And what what was that about? I'm not. A, I I didn't go. I think it was only for women, right? <laughs> or no, was it? <laughs> it wasn't. But there were. I think there were three guys. Yeah, yeah. In the in the audience, there were uh, somewhere between 85 and 95 people. And uh, the three guys, uh, good for them. <laughs> but uh, no, it was really about personal transformation. So uh, in my opinion, it was like a little glimpse at what it could feel like if you expanded and sort of got out of your way a little bit. So we did a lot of moving, a lot of dancing, activating um, you know, our bodies in a way to tap into internal energy, move some stuff around so some people... Uh, got a little emotional, got a little uncomfortable, um, but uh, it was a nice way for people to uh, maybe to see themselves in a way that they don't traditionally see themselves and see possibilities in their life. So step out of the comfort zone in that. Yes. <clears throat> and that sounds similar to kind of your change in your life. Is that <clears throat> why you wanted to start doing that or be a part of that is that you went through this life-changing experience where you decided you were in corporate America and mm-hmm. you decided to transition into doing something you were passionate about. Yes. Yes. Yeah, I've made some pretty uh, significant changes in the last several years. And Amber uh, from the Soul Food Summit is a very dear friend of mine. And I was honored to be a part of that day. And it was um, every one of those experiences sort of is just like another uh, layer of reminding myself that this journey that I've taken is pretty courageous and inspiring. And um, sometimes I lose uh, sight, well, I lose sight of it all the time, to be frankly. (laughs) But um, it's kind of, it's an honor to be asked to do those things. And I uh, was able to kick off the day. So I had to get the energy up. So I channeled my inner rock star (laughs) and was stomping and dancing on the stage. It was, um, it was pretty fun. I can't wait for the, uh, for the, you know, the collateral to come out because it's, it's going to be fun to see myself. Oh, they did a bunch of video and stuff? Yeah, professional photographer and uh, videographer and the whole deal so it's it's going to be pretty amazing to see it all come together that's awesome it's just it, the start in my opinion oh there's going to be a bunch more events, it, yeah. yeah oh yeah and well i think you obviously when you do something like that and you get a good response and you have people come up to you afterwards and they just talk about how fired up they are and how they're going to make changes i mean that's you have to spread that yeah and it was in my opinion the most unique uh sort of self-improvement transformational uh workshop or event that i've ever experienced on the seacoast that's awesome yeah yeah that's that's yeah you 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 leave for several days after that and feel the 
yeah. energy from stuff like that. Yeah. I mean, I was seeing people come into the cafe and they were glowing. And then I was also getting text messages from people saying, uh, I'm feeling a little anxious. What am I supposed to do with this? Why am I feeling this way? And it's like, no, this is good. Like, that yeah. means that there was shit like in your body that yeah. you just shook it loose. You just got challenged. Yeah. yeah. And so now like take that, harness it and go do something amazing with mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. Right. Don't forget. Yeah. And um, oftentimes we really forget. Yeah. Well, it's kind of tough when you get stuck in your daily routine to remind yourself that there's, you know, there's more out there. Yeah, right. Because in this thing, it ended at, well, let's say 5.30 p.m. on Sunday. Everyone, most everyone is back at their desk by 8 a.m., 9 a.m. on Monday. And they're just like right back into their old patterns. Yeah. And um, so... Uh, hopefully, uh, you know, even if one person, in my opinion, did something from that day and decided like, you know what, I am going to go do that. Yeah. I am going to pursue my passion. Uh, then that made it a success. Well, it's a ripple in the pond. Totally. Yeah. yeah. So let's back up then and let's talk about uh, your transformation and, and what happened uh, within your life that, that inspired you to kind of just go for it and take that leap. Mm. So uh, the long story or the short story? You probably get that question. We, we got all t- we got time. time. I mean, whatever mm-hmm. you you uh, you do, you whatever feels comfortable. Mm-hmm. You go ahead. We have time. I love that. I love yeah. that. You do you. <laughs> <laughs> so um, I'm pretty bad with dates, but um, I can say in uh, like 2011 ish, 2012 ish, I started having some uh, weird. Uh, health-related things happened. So I had like a little bit of a cancer scare. At the same time, my aunt was diagnosed with uh, with breast cancer. Wow. So that sort of really just escalated my own yeah. scare. Um, and some stuff was happening with my grandfather, and he had a little can- cancer scare. And then all of a sudden, I several months passed by, and I got past that, and um, I started having sort of debilitating uh, lower back pain. And uh, I ignored it because I'm from Vermont and that's what we do. <laughs> just tough people. <laughs> Maybe that's um, New England as a yeah, whole. New yeah, New England yeah, as, yeah. yeah. And, uh, and then I started saying, I, you can't ignore this one, Jen. I think you need to go in and, and go check this out. And that resulted in um, about four or five weeks of tests and in and out of the hospital. And um, the most they could tell me was, you have inflamed kidneys. It seems to be kind of escalating and dissipating. Um, there's really no, seems to be rhyme to reason why. And there's nothing really we can do. Um, So let's just keep monitoring it. And so I said to my doctor at the time, do you think it's food? And uh, and he said, well, I really doubt it, but we could look into it. And so um, I started reading uh, some blogs, uh, health blogs, et cetera, and took out, I basically went paleo. So I took all the inflammatory foods out, mm-hmm. soy, corn, wheat, um, you know, all grains, actually, uh, processed sugar. And within three days, I was like a brand new person. Wow. And so is if I allow my diet to decline, um, and I stop taking care of myself as, as I should be, I will start to feel that lower back pain again. It is some weird thing that I have, an, and I'm not an sure allergy, what it is. It's an you think? Maybe, maybe. Uh, but what it did was it allowed me to get a glimpse of if I take control of my health, I can um, I can produce my own results, and I don't have to rely on a doctor, and the doctor doesn't have all the answers. And uh, it sent me down this path of uh, starting to examine what would it be like if I became a health coach? What does a health coach do? And at that time in my life, I had never heard of health coaching, and mm-hmm. it just sort of it came into my radar, and um, as things often do when you're open to them. And then um, I also at the same time was uh, really getting into yoga and seeing the effects of that practice and my health and 
Um, so it would just was a ripple effect. So this little, we'll say little thing, um, <laughs> uh, ended up being a ripple effect to, I wanted to become a yoga instructor. Right after that, I became a certified health coach. And um, it was really the first weekend, though, of yoga uh, teacher training that I came home and said to my uh, brand new husband, we had been married for like a week and a half. I said, guess what? My life has changed and it's not going to look the same. And I think he was going, oh, my God, what did I just sign up for? (laughs) (laughs) Um, But uh, that was the weekend I decided I was going to quit my corporate gig. And it, it just it came to me. I realized um, I had been doing um, all the things that I, I didn't want to do, postponing happiness, not prioritizing myself, not lead, living in uh, alignment with the things that I love. Well, I think it's super easy and it happens all too often for people to just get stuck. Yeah. And it's unhealthy. And a lot of it's based on fear. Totally. I mean, you're just you're worried you're not going to have benefits. You're worried you're not going to be able to pay the bills. And so a lot of people just live in that that constant state. Your story is, you know, it's, I think, you know, there definitely, it happens to a decent amount of people where there'll be something that comes up in life, some kind of a bump, Mm. you know, and, and it, you either change or you get surgery yes, or you stay in that spot. And it's when you really challenge yourself to change and you start to see results that it activates something inside you. And you're like, shit, why isn't everybody doing this? If they just had the knowledge I just gained from this yeah. process that I went through, they'd be that much better off. But it's it's just so tough to get through to people. I think you can, you can I mean, let's take composting, for example. You know, <clears throat> it takes time, right? But I think most people just kind of write off yoga and write off uh, good food. I, they put a label on it because they've heard it somewhere. Like only losers do yoga. Only gay guys do yoga. Like, cause they wear those tight pants, you know, like <laughs> stupid stuff like that. And they yeah. don't try it, but they don't realize that when they try it, their life will be better. Same thing with right. food. We, you know, people will be like, Oh, that organic stuff's for rich people. Well, it's always was, or it was always organic. Mm-hmm. It wasn't until the industrial revolution that we started using, you know, pesticides. So it's just educating people in a way where it's approachable. Yes. And not talking down to people. Yes. And that's the key because w- we want everyone to be healthy and happy. But there are all these things, all these messages, you know, that are kind of convoluting, getting a clear picture of like what you need to do to mm. accomplish that, you know, the inner and external health. Yeah. And I, I know that this is a big part of your journey is just to, to developing self-awareness, et cetera. But I mean, for all intents and purposes, I, I thought I was like knocking it out of the park, um, you know, before I will say, quote unquote, got sick. I mean, it's, it could have been a lot worse. Um, but, uh, you know, at the end of the day, I had a beautiful, um, amazing job that afforded me to do amazing things with my life. And, um, you know, I grew up in, again, northern Vermont. So I just thought as a girl that Uh, got an engineering degree that actually graduated from college. I was the first person in my family to ever graduate, and both sides of my family to ever graduate from college. Uh, To do that, then to go out and get, um, you know, uh, develop this career that afforded me the ability to travel all around the world. Uh, Again, most of my family has never, uh, you know, traveled 
past the eastern seaboard. It's That's changed now. Um, but back at that day, uh, not a lot of people in my family had gotten that opportunity. So I was like, I'm already doing all of these things. I have this beautiful home and I get to live in the seacoast. And uh, for all intents and purposes, this is amazing. This is exactly the life that I thought I could design for myself. And then when I started to dig deeper and start to realize like, oh, wait a minute, I could be living life uh, with less um, construct. I don't have to go to uh, you know, the office Monday through Friday. I don't have to, um, you know, get two weeks vacation a year. Uh, that was when my life really started to shift. I was like, wait a minute, this, there's this, I could run my own business. I could live life on my own terms. That's a beautiful place to be. Yeah, it is. And it's not that you, you are working just as hard, probably if not harder, but it's on your own oh, terms. Oh, way harder, yeah. way harder. Yeah. yeah. But it's on, it's different when you live and die by your own sword as opposed to someone else putting a structure in mm-hmm. place. And I think when you – I think certain people are prone to that type of a lifestyle and others discover it earlier or later in life and they say, well, I got a taste of that. I definitely want to do that. But it's yeah. – once you do it, it's a, it's a great it's a great feeling and an accomplishment. Let's talk about um, – you have two businesses you're doing now. Let's talk about Laney, Laney – Laney and Lou, mm-hmm. right? Yes. I want to say Laney Lou. <laughs> um, and, and let me, before these smoothies get too hot, you've got two smoothies for me to try. Let's talk about these. So what's this one? I brought the Chipataya, and this one is uh, hot pink. So mm-hmm. it just looks good. It is good. But oddly enough, uh, this has become probably the second most popular uh, smoothie with the guys, which I love because really? I don't know if they know they're going to get a hot pink smoothie. Yeah. And then when they get handed, they're going, oh. Cool. <laughs> and this then they try accessory. it. And they, yeah. And then they come back over and over and over again. So What's it have in it? Um, that one has chia seeds, of course, pitaya, uh, banana, uh, some uh, dates. And mm-hmm. that's pretty much it. Cool. Yeah. We that's like good. to keep things... Uh, Interesting, but approachable. So obviously starting this company came from the journey. Yes, yes. Like obviously that's what inspired you to leave what you were doing and, and open this. You, you obviously saw that there was a, a, a hole in the community for something like this. Yeah, I wanted to bring the food that I was looking for to the seacoast. Yeah. And it was frankly infuriating to me that I would be home or leaving yoga or whatever and saying, I want to go get something to eat and some whole foods feeling limited and like, I can't find it. And then this one. And that one's the PB and Joy. And so it's really quite simple. It's bananas, peanut butter, um, almond milk and um, ginger nutmeg. So the ginger is the joy and the nutmeg is the joy. So it's just a little bit of a (laughs) play. No, it's really good. And that one actually got developed. We have this guy that lives, he lives uh, near Concord, but he was a New York City guy, um, fell ill, moved home uh, for the support of his parents. And he's our age. It's very sad. Uh, But he kept saying, Jen, where's the peanut butter smoothie? And I was like, fine. We'll make you one. Yeah. And so um, when I developed it, he took a sip and he was like, best peanut butter smoothie I've ever had. That's awesome. Damn right it is. That's great. (laughs) So on, and and what's great too, as I knock that over, is that these are in compostable. Yes. And biodegradable cups. So that's great. You guys have, you guys committed to that from the start. We did. Yeah. We have a 100% uh, zero waste commitment to the customer. So, um, so explain, explain that. That means that, and, you know, now I have to say it's like 99.5% because we're looking for a solution um, and we're working with someone to fix this. But um, it's 
compostable or biodegradable packaging, um, recyclable or reusable. And uh, it's very, uh, it's not difficult. It's just not that um, financially, <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. It's yeah. the easiest thing to do financially, but it's a commitment that I made from the beginning and I'm staying strong to that. Yeah, it's it's tough. I obviously know a little bit about it. but I know you do. <laughs> <laughs> but um, it's obviously the more people that use it, the cheaper it'll get. Yes. And it doesn't make a whole lot of sense. <clears throat> I take that back. It makes sense because... Even if it ends up in the environment, it will break down as opposed to plastic never breaking down. Yeah. Um, but the challenge is without that, not without the scale of that many people using it, it's just always going to be more expensive. Yeah. And I think really, it's really not about the price to us. Really, the key is, is that, you know, if we're going to develop, if I said to myself, if I'm going to develop this, this brand and this company, I, I'm going all in. Yeah. And uh, so I'm going to carry the fundamentals and the core values of the company all the way through, uh, not just you know halfway or when well, it's th- when it's convenient. I think more and more um, consumers are becoming more savvy. I, I think the the it's probably happened in the last five years. I would think, and you've probably seen it too, that the conscious consumer, where people know that they can vote with their dollar mm-hmm. and understand that now, are really looking for authenticity. And it's something that drives me crazy is when you know you talk the talk but don't walk the walk on certain things, and so. Yeah. <clears throat> people recognize that commitment and they, and they notice it. And I think the Seacoast especially is a pretty conscious community, especially Exeter. Yeah. They're very yeah. aware. We're very fortunate for sure. And, um, you know, these are little things that we've been doing since the beginning, but didn't really draw a lot of attention. Of course, people like you obviously know people that are looking for it uh, on the package themselves, but we didn't really talk about this stuff in our marketing uh, for a long, long time. So it was in January uh, that I revamped the website and put a page on there called the Inside Scoop that gives people uh, some of the background of the decisions that we make and um, really the fundamental building blocks of the company and um, why what I say, it's a, it goes way beyond food. That if food is just one little avenue, it just happens to be the product that we serve is food, right? But the overall uh, fundamentals, the uh, purpose of the company is much bigger. Yeah, it's, it's a, everything is connected. Yes. Um, and so when you, for anybody that doesn't know and is learning um, about food, um, can you explain to me, you said post pre-workout you were finding it challenging to find uh, healthy food. Can you explain to me it's not just like a salad bar at Hannaford, but um, what Whole Foods mean to you and what it means to Lanny Lou and, and what you guys strive to do there as far as um, nourishing people and, and providing some some real sustenance? Sure. So we believe that the right food leads to a healthier, more joyful life. And so the healthier piece is something that most people um, – can understand. It's the more joyful piece that is a little bit um, harder to um, substantiate. So really, the whole experience of coming to Laney and Lou, uh, to me, uh, creates a better community. And so building community is at the heart of everything that I do. It's at the heart of Laney and Lou. It's at the heart of Wild Adventurous Life. The idea is that when someone comes in, the first, the first and foremost thing that's going to happen is someone that works on the team is going to see that person is going to acknowledge them as a human being and treat them the best that they possibly can so that's one of our core values is legendary service so that's really important for us is that interaction is truly authentic and 
Um, it's not rushed. They're not just looking down, just taking the money and saying, see you later. There's an interaction and a conversation. That um, positive interaction, I think, is then carried through to the experience of the food. So then you receive your food and you're just like, oh my God, my smoothie is bright pink. So you have that initial uh, connection to what we call vibrant food. And then um, and then you, you have that food and you, you get to take in all of that nourishment as well and the energy from uh, our food. And then that energy translates to how you're feeling, but then also how you present yourself uh, to your family, to your friends, to your colleagues. And so that's that ripple down effect. And hopefully that will influence um, your uh, your buying habits and how you nourish yourself um, with food, not only within our restaurant, but maybe at Hannaford's or Market Basket, wherever you're going. Um, so how you're feeding yourself at home and then also how you're regarding other people. So now I feel better, so I'm going to do a better job with interacting. So it's like that. It just keeps going and going and going, that ripple effect that we were talking about earlier. So to me, it's like the right food, um, will make you feel better and you'll start to feel like, you know what, all that other stuff sort of falls off. Yeah. Right. And we're, <clears throat> and as far as inflammatory foods go, and, and this has been something like with uh, uh, Dallas uh, Hartwig, who I know with the Whole30 um, mm-hmm. diet and, and what a lot of doctors are saying now, at least the progressive ones that do their own research and read other, you know, read other papers other than what's put out by major medical uh, organizations. Um, are talking about cutting out inflammatory foods. I mean, we're talking what processed flour, white sugar, bread, um, and just kind of sticking to the the core whole foods, you know, like, yes. And when you do that, if you do that for, I'm just getting off of allergy medicine. Unfortunately, nothing natural works for me. I've tried everything. I have to take like Allegra D and it makes Mm -hmm. me the worst version of myself (laughs) for like over a month this year because it was just, the rain kept knocking everything down and bringing it back up. But prior to that, I was super committed to uh, cutting, you know, even the organic frozen pizzas I was eating, like cutting those things out. And if you start your morning off with a smoothie and you start your morning off with eggs, you know, all these whole foods, like you feel a hundred times better. Yes. If you go to sleep at 10 o'clock and get a good circadian rhythm, you know, if you if you limit your phone usage before bed, you know, all these little things you do, if people are able to commit to a week, two weeks of this kind of a practice, like just those simple things, it's you notice a huge difference. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, our food is um, generally identifiable. So we keep things in the most uh, whole form that we possibly can. Part of that is our, is our mission. Uh, part of that is just the... Um, you know, the capabilities that we have in our kitchen. Uh, so, you know, the idea for Laney and Lou was um, initially was I was going to open a smoothie joint that had a little bit of food. Mm-hmm. And um, it ends up being that people love our food. So we're, uh, we're a food place that um, sells some smoothies. And yeah. it's an interesting thing that happened. Um, we smell a lot. We sell a lot of smoothies, but... Um, Did the customers drive still. that? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. They just came in and said, wow, like this... The salad is amazing, and uh, I feel so good, and I feel nourished and full, and that's really important for people. Is like yeah. I feel satiated um, after I leave, um, and so uh, we, you know, refocused our attention um, into uh, being able to produce uh, enough food to, to feed them. <laughs> well, I think it's I think it's a challenge too, because I mean, you think about you, you know, whether you're a student or you're working a full time job, you have like thirty minutes to an hour to to burn, and unfortunately, a lot of times in your travels, there's not that many healthy options. Yes. You know, like today I was like, okay, 
I'm going to get back into this area at this time. I have this much time. I got to prep. Okay. I got to eat there. It's not the healthiest choice, but I got to do that because I have to put something in my yeah. stomach. And so that's that's the challenge. That's part of the challenge in living a healthy lifestyle, right? Is actually planning. Yes. You know, is actually sitting back and saying, "Okay, I'm going to manage my time better and make this a priority." Yeah, and you need to do that. I mean, that's it's it's just like it's that's just the way our world works. Is unfortunately, like you were saying, the industrial revolution came around, industrialized food came around. It became a lot easier to go uh, to Dunkin' Donuts or McDonald's than it did to go to Laney and Lou. But I'm hoping to change that. And I really think there's a solid movement out there. There's a lot oh, yeah. of other people yeah. out there that are, are trying to change that. Well, I mean, just look at our area um, in the past, what, I mean, I'd like to say five years. I think that's reasonable. Past, let's say five to 10, because I started doing composting seven and a half years ago. Yeah. So, I mean, around that time you had, uh, we had some, obviously had a decent amount of yoga places on the seacoast. There mm-hmm. wasn't a, a lot, but I think there was a handful at that point. And then you had uh, the Evan, Evan Mallets of the world, you know, starting that food movement. And there was obviously yes. some others in there in the slow food movement, John Forty, obviously at Strawberry Bank. Um, but there was definitely, uh, at that time, there was a, a start of it. Yes. But since that time, you know, now you can get like a local meat and that wasn't even like an option for a restaurant to serve, you know, I would say even five years ago. But a lot has changed. A, a lot, lot has changed, changed in the world and a lot more people are aware. I think the challenge is when you eat something and you don't have a negative effect on yourself or you don't recognize you're having a negative effect a lot of times it's a cumulative, right? It's like you've eaten bad for so many years and it's just like taking a medicine yeah. over time that compounds. Over time, it's having an impact on your internal organs, your tissue. And, and the, the challenge is, is getting people to realize that. And I think it's really tough when you just, you know, you get into that cycle. Yeah, totally. I mean, the most common piece of feedback that I get from my health coaching clients is, I didn't realize how bad I felt. Yeah, and most people don't. And most people think like I'm supposed to feel creaky and old when I get out of bed or achy or um, I'm not exhausted supposed to be every morning <laughs> and not yeah. be able to touch my toes. Like, no, those are not normal things. You should be able to squat down. You should be able to stay there for an extended period of time. That's what we were made to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we've, you know, our, obviously our lifestyle has taken us away from those simple things. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I think that if everyone, although I can't commit to it, for some reason I haven't been able to nail down doing yoga. I've done it like a couple times, but I'm like <laughs> a, a skinny, lanky dude and, and I'm not flexible at all. So it would be like the best thing <laughs> for me in the world. I just have to find a place and do it. But I mean, you hear people talk about how much yoga has changed their life. And I think if people could, could commit to eating healthy, doing things like yoga, finding something ex- extracurricular that's cardio, like surfing, running, biking, whatever, like you would feel really good. Yeah. And you do when you commit to those things. I mean, you know, because now your life has become those things and you know how you feel and that's contagious. I mean, that's the thing. When you find anything that makes you really happy and positive, you just want to spread it to people and you almost have so much energy that you're like over, you know, like consuming people with it. And you just had to slow yourself down and be like, okay, okay. I'm so excited, but you're not yet. Yeah. I got to get you there. Yes. But it's it's a really amazing thing. And I think that both my wife, Heather, and I have, have recognized it too with different things we've gone through in life with kids having allergies, with uh, Heather being vegan, with us eating, you know, or, all organic food, like knowing how we feel 
you just want other people to feel that way. And you get really sad when you see the news and you hear about all the cancer rates and you hear about all these people taking all these medications and understand that one medication leads to another. And you just want to like, you don't want people to, to be sick. You know, like you don't want people to, to feel bad. So you try to figure out like, what the fuck can I do to, to help save these people? Cause it's like, I know, you know something mm-hmm. and you just want people to be able to at least apply it. But it's sometimes it's just so hard to get through that that barrier that's there. I mean, again, a lot of good stuff's happening, but there's definitely a lot more for us all to do. Yeah, I I feel like a major stumbling block for people is that they feel like they have to be uh, perfect. They say have all in or nothing. Yeah. And that's not really fair. Um, And and that's not how I live my life, especially, you know, in a startup phase. You know, I've had some of my most unhealthy meals in the last two years. And I think I look at sometimes I think, what are you doing, Jen? It's like, I'm just doing the best that I can. Yeah. Right at this moment with what I have in front of me. And um, and then I have to just make a decision. Let it go. Eat that, whatever it is that you're eating, and let it go. The guilty feeling sucks. Yeah, yeah, because 90% of the time you're doing what you need to do or yeah, what like 80, serves 80, you 20, best. 80, 20, 90, 10. I mean, come whatever on. Whatever it is. And, yeah. and um, you know, and I think we subscribe to the same um, notion that not not every person should eat the same diet. Oh, totally. Right? Yep. So um, at the end of the day, it's an experiment. You are your own person. Mm-hmm. So you do you. You eat mm-hmm. the way that serves you best. But you do yourself a favor and experiment and make a decision like, you know, that didn't make me feel good. So don't go back and do it again. And if you do, you're making an active decision, but don't do it every day. Yeah. Because then you have to ask yourself, am I just sort of tearing myself down? Am I self-sabotaging? Yeah. Do I, you know, what would happen if I felt really good? Maybe I would go do scary things like quit my job and do something I love yeah. and, you know. <laughs> well, and I, I think a lot will change when we have more, and the work technology-wise, I know they're working on this, when you have more access to, to blood testing, mm-hmm. to have the ability to see what you're allergic to, you know, like do panels, but it's expensive for a lot of people to do that. It is. It's not covered by some insurance. But they're developing home testing kits right now that you could just prick your finger and find out all the things you're allergic to. Yes. Um. Even even some of these tests will you'll find out what disease you might have or what ailments you might have. So I mean, I hope that happens sooner than later because if you knew what you were allergic to, then you could cut those things out. Yes, and you know, but not all those things are static. So as yeah. you know, like your allergies were um, worse this year than previous years, mm-hmm. and they're probably been shifting throughout your entire life. Oh, it's totally. the exact same thing with food. And so you can't just rely on a moment in time. So hopefully you're right. Hopefully the blood tests become such that I can do them over and over again at yeah. different intervals um, and um, start to realize what my patterns are. Yes. Same thing with gene expression. Yeah. Like just because I have that gene doesn't mean in all cases that I'm going to be. That's going to mutate and you're going to have an issue. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. now I just need to do what's right for me to, uh, you know, help express them the way I want them to express. But to back up in something you said earlier that that's really interesting that I don't think a lot of people get is that all these diets aren't good for everyone. Like, and you're you're a health coach, so you deal with this a lot. Um, you know, each person has a different body, mm-hmm. you know, a different way they process different things. And so it's, I think that's a challenge too. It's like, you know, you can't just pick up a book and, and do something and think it's going to work for you. Like right. you, it, like we're an experiment, essentially. You have to experiment with all these different things to see what works for you. Exactly. But I think when you find some of those things and you start to see, like start to really feel a change in your energy level, like that's a good 
a good feeling. Yeah. Just even wake to be up willing to, to experiment in that way. Exactly. Wake up to it. So I always say, you know, think about how you're feeling the moment before you eat and then assess yourself again in like 15 minutes, 30 minutes, maybe 60 minutes, maybe three hours. And if you're feeling grumpy within 30 minutes of eating or you have a stomachache or, or something, whatever it may be, uh, maybe that food wasn't great for you or something in there wasn't great for you mm-hmm. um and that can go a long way with identifying allergies and what's inflammatory for you might not be inflammatory for someone else right? mm-hmm. yeah. now with um give me an example you don't have to name names or anything but give me an example of one of the clients you took on as a health coach where you saw like some drastic changes just by implementing the things you've you've learned yeah um i think that the most drastic changes um, came from two particular women, but that made, um, they saw the food connection to their life. So as soon as they started feeling better, they uh, made some significant changes in their life. So one in particular that I love, is she's still a friend and, and very much in my life and comes to the cafe all the time, uh, was feeling a lot of stress around eating. What should I eat? Always was already eating really well, but putting too much pressure on herself to eat uh, perfectly, let's say, and wanted to lose, you know, five pounds just to feel better about herself. Um, but most importantly, what we discovered was is that she was just stressed out. I mean, just chronically stressed out, had a high pressure job, put a lot of pressure on herself to eat well, like I said, also work out well. And so to balance all those things in her life was taking a lot of effort. And so um, I actually coached her on quitting her job. I was like, maybe you just need to go in a different direction. She had a really good idea. And I was like, maybe you just need to go do that. And now looking back, probably a little bold. (laughs) Maybe we shouldn't have gone that drastic. But um, she ended up getting like a $20,000 or a $30,000 raise. They gave her uh, a couple more weeks of vacation. She could work from home four days a week. It was like this massive shift just boom showed up for her. And, uh, you know, when she told me I was on vacation and I was sitting with some friends uh, over beers and I started crying, which is not typical for me. And they were like, <laughs> what is going on? Like, what just happened on your phone? I'm like, my client. And it's just and it changed her life. And, uh, you know, and the, the most beautiful part of the story is that not only did she get financial freedom and financial uh, or time freedom, but she was uh, really desperate to have children. And now she has uh, twins and they are the most lovely babies in the world. And to me, and I think she believes this too, she was able to just find some space, some very sacred space in her life and to drop uh, that additional stress. And uh, she was able to welcome these babies into her life. It was amazing. And so she went to her uh, employer and said she needed a change. She just said, I'm done. And they offered her, they wanted to keep her. Yeah. And so I coached her. I mean, having been in the corporate world, I kind of thought that might happen. But I also knew she had this really good idea in her back pocket. So it Mm -hmm. wasn't, and I say it's bold because maybe we should have done a little bit more planning on the entrepreneurial idea before uh, she took the (sighs) lead. Just going for it. Now that you know the full extent. Yeah. 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 But I think she could have gotten on her feet. And you know what? It would have motivated her. And Mm -hmm. I knew she was motivated. So, Mm -hmm. um, yeah. Well, that's tough too, right? We all come with baggage, Mm -hmm. you know, and whether we had a a bad childhood, didn't have a support system, don't have a support system now. Like, I think that's the thing is every, everybody likes to oversimplify everything. Mm -hmm. And it's not that it's not easy being a human, you know, like, Mm -hmm. listen, we, I, I love my life. You love your life, you know, but like, this is challenging. Like, 
getting up every morning and doing these things, it's challenging. And you have to, not everyone is built in with a, the sense of being motivated, self-motivated. Some people are, are depressed on a daily basis. Some people don't know what they're going to do with their lives, don't know what they're going to go to school for. And, you know, it takes a kick in the butt, you know, yeah. kind kick in the butt. But, like, yeah. it takes some help to get pushed along. And some people just need someone to come into their life to be a sounding board and give them positive advice and say, like, you can do it. Yes. Just as simple as that. Yes. Well, and, or here, there's another way. Sometimes yeah. you just don't, you can't see through the trees. Yeah. And um, and I feel like that happened to me, again, with my stories. Just all of a sudden seeing, like, oh, wait, there's all these women that are starting these online businesses. I didn't even know what that was at the time, which boggles my mind, you know? Yeah. But I was in corporate America, plastic injection molding. That was all I thought about, traveling around to... Uh, service customers like Nestle Waters, you know, that wasn't, health coaching was not on my radar. Yeah. And I, I think um, the women's entrepreneurial movement has come a long way, but I think mm -hmm. women for the longest time obviously were given the shaft, especially in the corporate world on a lot of different planes, as you know, because you lived it. I, yeah, I yeah. could tell you some pretty crazy stories. Well, do, do tell. <laughs> this is the platform. <laughs> I mean, it, it's so sad. It is, it's, I met with actually a, a gentleman a couple weeks ago, and he asked me, we were trading war stories. He's um, maybe 20 years older than me or whatever, and uh, very experienced in the corporate scene. He was like, did you ever see your company? He's like, oh, my God, no. Like, that idea never crossed my mind. But what all of these, every time I got passed over um, or, you know, knew that I was making, you know, 40, 50,000, $100,000 less than my colleagues that, that were underperforming me, I just had to keep reminding myself, like, this is fuel. This is yeah. making you stronger. And, um, you know, I hit my um, six-figure goal when I was uh, 24 years old. And I remember being like, Jen, this was your 30-year goal. So the fact that I was making, you know, less than my colleagues hurt a little bit less just because I, was, I felt like I was doing so well yeah. in comparison to That's what... That's pretty good at 24. Yeah, yeah, it was pretty I awesome. I was not making it. <laughs> <I know. laughs> um, but, um, but anyway, yeah, I mean, but I had to work really hard and put myself in some really uh, tough situations. So I don't know. I'll tell you one story for just the sake of drama and, and entertainment. <laughs> like just sitting in a, a room of... Uh, there was about 156 sales guys globally at this company that I was working at and I was with them for uh, nine years and some really phenomenal people worked there uh, but it was definitely um, you know an old boys traditional company and um, I don't think they really knew what to do with me um, but I was starting to figure out how to do with them and this is actually a really critical lesson I actually like um, tried to be a guy and so it really took a long time for me to realize, like, wait a minute, I need to harness my feminine energy that I knew was there, but I stopped wearing skirts to work. I mean, just I did. Power, just power suits. Power suits, yeah. yeah but I, I mean, I wore... All a, black power yeah, suits. Yeah. yeah, I wore a skirt to work once. Got some comments. That was the last time that happened. Um, cut my hair really, really short, like as short as yours, um, and wore it that short for uh, 15 years. Wow. And um, and then... Do you feel, is, like, feel like that's what you needed to gain the respect? Yeah, I just needed... It was all about, well, you know, I, I always say my hair is one of my superpowers. Yeah. Um, but, um, you know, it was everything that people talked about. So, you know, I would meet customers and be like, wow, you have beautiful hair. I'm like, I need to get rid of this hair. Because I don't want them to see me for that. I want them yeah. to see me for who I am in my power suit. And uh, so anyway, so I ended up getting this... Um, 
elevated into the sales role, uh, one f- only female out of 150 guys. And where this is about the time when plastic beer bottles were coming onto the market, and that was something that we were working very closely with, et cetera. And uh, the VP of, of uh, sales, my boss's boss, showed a picture of a you know a naked chick at a football um, uh, in a football stadium holding a plastic beer bottle. And we were in this huge stadium presentation. So she was larger than life and, you know, holding this bottle. And he goes, this is our future. And I swear, all 149 guys turned around and looked at me. And I was just like, is this really happening? And so it's like a lot of stories like that. And um, and it just, it every one of those things, like, took a piece of my femininity away. And I never realized that until I left the corporate world. And it wasn't why I left. Mm-hmm. I left because I would always say, this, this job is like sucking my soul. It's not, I'm not contributing. And I, so I, I, that's what I wanted to do, is just bring yeah. something to the world. Um, but it was afterwards reflecting on it and trying to gain back my femininity and to drop the edge. Because um, I can swear, like the best of them, I would go, why is this part of me? And it is part of me, but it's not all of me. It's okay to swear on the podcast. Oh, yeah, to, I yeah. will. Okay. Oh, you already did. You <laughs> I did. did. You did earlier. Yeah. You, you, you came in with the, with the S, S-bomb right away. <laughs> which I was like, all right, this is off to a good start. Here we go now. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, that was just a side story. So uh, you, you came out of the corporate world all tough, ready to kick some ass. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> To be a health coach. I remember my boss at the time was like, you're going to do what? And then I was scared. I was scared. There's this S word again. I was scared shitless. So the funny thing is, is I quit my job. And then literally within two hours, he convinces me to stay on half time because I'm scared. And I'm like, what do I, how do I let this thing go? Is this the thing that's been, you know, feeding me for 15 years and it's really my identity. And, um, and then, although I did have an adventurous identity in the background, which is how the other company came about. But um, but at the end of the day, I ended up staying on for close to another year and getting another consulting gig on that just to avoid the sort of entrepreneurial mission that I thought I was on until mm-hmm. finally I was like, I decided to open Laney Lou. And when day one came, I kind of looked at myself in the mirror and said, Jen, you can't do all this. You got to focus. And so I called, uh, I called up the person I was consulting with at the time. I said, I'm done. I'm sorry. I can't stay on. How long, how long in Delaney Lee did you? Um, literally day one, I called yeah. him and said, I, th- there's no way I'm going to be able to do your project and mine at the same time. So uh, it was very quick shuffling. Well, and it's to back up something you said, it's, it's really, <clears throat> and, and no matter what you do in life, I think if when you've done something for probably like i don't know what the cutoff is but maybe it's like five years or more you've done something you, your identity does get locked up in that like yes. it becomes who you are and it's a really weird um trend like i you had known i sold mr fox so it's just mm-hmm. like a really weird transition after selling papa wolf uh both oh, i saw i sold both? both yeah sorry i didn't maybe i didn't tell you that i didn't know that but but anyways uh, awesome. we can talk more after about yeah. that but anyways when you when you've done something for so long your identity is locked up in that yeah. in that feeling so i can imagine that if you have a corporate job and you've had it for 5 plus years and you're climbing the ladder even if it's slow and even if it's incremental like there's security there but then there's also fear that like once I leave, I can never go back. Mm. There's I mean, a little bit of that, yeah. For yeah, me. I mean, I yeah. mean, for, for you and for a lot of people out there, mm-hmm. I mean, and also like doing the entrepreneurial thing isn't 
the best fit for everyone. No. But maybe it's finding a job in a place where you feel like you're more respected or finding a job in a place where you feel like you're having a positive impact, you know, whether it's a nonprofit or a company that builds, you know, solar panels or, or whatever. Um, but yeah, that's that's definitely a challenge. Yeah, I mean, I that's really um, a big part of my personal purpose is to say to people, like, how aligned are you with the company that you're working with? Because if you're not aligned with them, and we work actually a lot um, at Laney and Lou about this, we call it, it's not like dorky, but we call it the trusty triangle process. And and so I want to see that your personal core values align with the companies and that they feed into the mission and your job. So if you're doing something that's completely out of alignment of your own personal core values and you're and you're going in a different direction than ours at, at Laney and Lou, then you're not going to be a good fit. And yeah. we should just make that decision right up front. And so we do that um, that exercise fairly early on in the process within the first month of someone working with, you know, for us and with us, um, because I don't want them to suffer and yeah. they will suffer and then we will suffer as well. And so it took us, um, it probably took us, you know, a good six to nine months of being going to for me to realize um, that I fundamentally had to make a shift as uh, the leader of the team. I was so customer centric that it just was like, this is so obvious, guys, we're doing everything for the customer. And why are you not with me? You know, I look back, like, where are you guys? And then I made a shift. And I was like, No, I am doing everything for my team. And so the way we do it is that, you know, if I take care of the team, the team takes care of the customer and the customer takes care of the business. Mm -hmm. And so we we work on that. And, and so if so going back to what we were talking about before, if everyone can sort of self-assess how they uh, align with their company and if it's feeding them, then great. If it's not, then go look for something else. Doesn't mean you have to do it on your own. Mm -hmm. Just go somewhere else. Mm -hmm. You know. It's it's funny when you're talking about the the thing with uh, people that work well, not people, but your employees that work for you, aligning with the mission. Because when I was uh, when I used to manage the Me and Always downtown, uh, it's just my job postings were really funny. Like my job listings for for jobs available, it would be like <clears throat> must have. Uh, an understanding of sustainability, you know, <laughs> or would would like to learn, <laughs> must know what composting. Like I would just go through this list because I was like, you just get would get people that would come in and they just are looking for a job. Yeah, and it's just like you have to have a willingness to learn or have some knowledge. Otherwise, you're not a good fit because we're educating people on a daily basis, and you have to be like, you can't be when I leave. You can't be behind me being like. This friggin' organic is bullshit, man. <laughs> I spray Roundup on my backyard garden. It's just fine. Don't worry about it. Yeah, and it's, it's you need because it's it spreads outside of work. It's it's you're educating customers. If you don't care, if you're not like invested, then then the customer is not going to be invested. Yeah, and just, then people can see right through it, right? So when they ask you a question, yeah. you're, they're like, "Oh, these people could." Care I don't less. know. What's yeah. a smoothie? <laughs> I don't drink yeah. smoothies. I think the best part of this whole process has been, um, you know, again, it's it's been a great learning experience for me and um, really opened up um, the universe, frankly, to present all of these amazing people that um, want to be part of the movement. And again, it's not about that they want to come in and make 300 smoothies in a day. I don't think anyone really wants to do that. 
but they want to be in the environment around the people and part mm -hmm. of, uh, of something that's bigger than them. Mm -hmm. And it sounds funny to say that because, you know, it's a restaurant, but it's it's more than that. And so to know that now that we've attracted, you know, 20 people, some of which are developing their careers around this company is so um it's humbling and it's a it's the biggest honor of my life. I mean, it's and I don't have kids, so they're my family. Mm -hmm. And and uh, it's it's a big aspect. It's not who I am, but it's a big aspect of my life. Yeah, well, it's it's it is your. I mean, I, I think I saw an article recently. I hate doing this. I hate quoting stuff that I don't know the name of. <laughs> but it, I read something recently about how important it is. Uh, that your work family is, is it's really important to have a good relationship with your work family and that that's an extension. Because, I mean, like otherwise you, you go to work, no one gets along, you're stressed out, you come home, you bring that stress. And it's like no one, you, we're on this planet for such a short period of time. Like if we can all get along, yes. find a way to coexist, uh, it's it's going to be a much easier road than, than struggling and coming home and popping something in the microwave and putting on the TV and yes. going to bed late and getting up tired and like, no one wants to be stuck in that repetitive world. It's yeah, a sad world. It is a sad world. But I think that whole thing about being um, stuck is like if you're feeling resistance in your life or in your business, um, then you need to identify and you need to do the work around that. And mm -hmm. so part of, you know, as a new um you know, business owner and uh, my first entrepreneurial effort to say, why am I feeling so much? Uh, struggle around the team and the team development in the first, you know, six to nine months and, um, you know, various other aspects and then just sort of softening into it and going, wait a minute, no, this is what I want to attract. This is the type of team. This is what this company and what I deserve. And it's a lot about self-worth and respect and it gets yeah. really uncomfortable, but those are conversations that entrepreneurs need to have with themselves. Now, have you always been self-aware or is that something you've been working on? I think that I've always been uh, aware and sensitive. Um, I don't think I knew the words around them, yeah. um, around it, I should say. Um, like the awareness but, around the process you were just talking about, is that something you've learned over time or is that something you've always kind of had? I think I've learned, again, the words around it. Mm -hmm. I've always been, I just, I mean, I have, like, remember, remember my mother saying to me, you're so sensitive. Yeah. And I didn't know what that meant and, um, you know, but now I do agree. Like I look back and I really did care what people thought and mm -hmm. um, what, and I'm an, ach I'm an achiever. So I wanted to do well and um, to have people recognize that. And most importantly, have my parents recognize that I was doing well. Um, and so that stuff now I think serves me well, but I have to be careful about old patterns and, mm -hmm. you know, not feeling good enough, which we all yeah. struggle with. Yeah. So let's talk about wild, adventurous life. Yes. Now, what is all that about? <laughs> um, so this company uh, started, I, it was actually my first company. I started it in 2013 uh, when I was still uh, stuck in my corporate life without an idea. Of this, is, this is your 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 other, uh, the other side of you. <laughs> yes. This was like, I'm going to be a health coach, but I don't want to just like meet with someone every other week for an hour. Like I want to do something important and bigger. And, um, so I gave it this sort of fun, fancy name and then ran away from it until, um, January of this year. 
And so Laney and Lou happened, and that was really a mistake, it, but it was an amazing mistake. Um, How long has Laney and Lou been open It'd be two years in September. It happens so fast. I know. It's yeah. insane. And I literally, like, I was thinking, Wild Adventures Life, all the time, all the time, have always had a love for restaurants, and we won't go down this rat hole too far, but I was walking to a meeting for my consultant's job, and... Uh, and I saw the for lease sign and, and I called my husband and I said, I just looked through the window of this place and we're going to open a restaurant here. And three weeks later, like we were tearing the floors out. It was insane. Um, so Wild Adventurous Life uh, goes sort of the back corner and um, sits there. But I, all the while, I'm like talking about it all the time. So everyone in the cafe is like, what is this company and when are you going to do something with it? And so um, in January, we uh, get, got the website going and uh, put together four um, really fun events that got the name of uh, the company out there and got some people thinking about it. And it was really fun. So what is it? Um, Wild Adventures Life is really about capturing the feeling of being uh, part of an adventure and harnessing that feeling and taking that with you in all aspects of your life. So the most critical thing in that is the um, adventurer's mindset. So this so I'm using my interactive... Uh computer screen here to, oh, uh, to pull up the, the website, website yeah. up. Let's, bring, let's read the mission yeah so this is wildadventurouslife.com yes so we'll go to uh, where do you want to go um, just scroll down a little bit okay scroll down hashtag fuel your joy that's a cool photo thank you the f- photography is good on this so the you know the purpose statement is we believe in moving beyond limits fueling joy with experiences and that adventure is in all things and to me, it's about, okay, let's make a decision. We're going on a trip, and I have an itinerary. Mm-hmm. And as soon as uh, something happens, say you get a flat tire on the trip, you're just like, well, the trip is ruined. Now let's say we're going on an adventure, mm-hmm. and you get a flat tire. It's part of the adventure. <laughs> You'd be like, oh, my God, this is the best. We went on this trip, and we got a flat tire, and then Ryan did this thing, and then we went over this boulder, and it, it sounds cha- amazing. Changing, changing your mindset and seeing yes, positivity and everything. Yeah, seeing the possibilities and things. And so it's really about broadening our comfort zone, getting up and into our lives, Mm -hmm. and then hopefully doing some really cool things with it. And so uh, it's personal transformation all the way. Mm -hmm. And um, and I think, you know, a lot of people say this is what yoga does, but I feel like adventure can do this. And adventure and connection to the earth where we belong um, is is such a critical component of that. And the big part of that is, of course, connection to food in the background. Um, But when you're out there and you're sort of seeing uh, like on a summit and you're seeing all this space around you and you're experiencing all this space is when you have a moment of clarity. And so it's like trying to bring in those moments for people uh, more regularly in their lives. Mm -hmm. So you'd be doing uh, events around that to kind of cultivate that, what the feeling you were just talking about yes so some of those things might be as simple as going on a hike uh meetups other things have been you know yoga and adventure retreats we did in may um, which was amazing and and knowing that those things can happen in your backyard Mm -hmm. Um, we also did a really super fun entrepreneurial event called bring a badass Um, that was in february to benefit satya so contribution is a big part of this as well Um, and we brought together uh 75 um, i think there were maybe there were four guys in the crowd, um, but uh, 75 uh, entrepreneurial type people that are um, that are changing the landscape of the seacoast and of the world, in my opinion. 
And just to get them together, it was a very simple networking style event, but unique in its um, approach and spirit. And people loved it. It was really great. Very progressive. And um, so those are the types of things. Yeah, what is this, the West Coast? I Jeez. know. <laughs> How dare we? Get out of here. <laughs> so, uh, so yeah, there's, so there's no there's no retreats on the docket right now, but the yeah. next retreat will most likely be in September or October. So and what, what are some of the uh, ideas you have around retreats? So the last one was at Alnoba, which is in Kensington. Mm -hmm. It was a beautiful um, lodge there in our own backyard. So it was really nice. Some people only drove like, you know, five miles to get to this place. One person was able to walk from her house to be there. Did she even know it was there? Yeah. Yeah. Um, But uh, had never been inside. So we had, um, you know, we had 25 people, um, nine or 10 of which stayed um, overnight. And the other ones were able to come in um, for, uh, you know, the day. And uh, it's just an immersion. And it's all about, you know, vibrant food, moving our bodies. So connection in this case was yoga. There's a little adventure component of being able to get outside. But that was also a weekend where we had a impromptu um, blizzard. So but it ended up being really super cozy. And, yeah. um, and so this is like part of it. So I have some, I think, are pretty fun ideas of how, um, you know, we can retreat in different ways. Um, and create retreats that are don't necessarily mean that you have to go uh, to another country. Because we have so much beauty in our own backyard. Mm-hmm. Um, but people do need a chance to disconnect and reconnect to themselves. Most I, and I feel like more now than ever, um, obviously, with the technology at our hands, which is amazing. I mean, obviously, you, you have a lot of access, but I think it's mm-hmm. everyone's addicted to it. Yeah. Like even if you're good at managing it, you're still addicted to it. You're still addicted to the information, the likes, all this stuff, the interactions. Like that's great, but <clears throat> I think more and more people need to uh, disconnect, whether they want to admit it or not. Yes, um, and reconnect with themselves and with the earth. And yeah. So going outside, and even if it's just a little walk through the park, it, people you'll feel so much more energy from that. You can mm-hmm. gather the energy from the earth back into your body, and and uh, you know, ground down into that. So that's, that's like a big part of it. But I think it's, I think the key for the company, um, and we're still developing and everything, but is the, the adventurer's mindset mm-hmm. and to um, inspire people um, to go, well, I always say go, go big or go home. So it's like, how are you going to show up for your life mm-hmm. and do the things that you were meant to do? And you were brought here with a set of talents and capabilities that no one else has. And I know every, you know, a lot, a lot of people talk about this right now, but it's true. And so why not unlock it and why not live that life? You gotta, you gotta go for it. You gotta go for it. What's so the story with, what's the story with the, with the logo? Um, so I've had this obsession with, um, the symbol, um, was triangle circle. So triangle is the most balanced shape. I'm an architectural engineer by training. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, <laughs> well, thank you uh, for uh, imparting <laughs> me with that knowledge. Yeah, absolutely. And then it's also, um, you know, the symbol of change, femininity, and then circles, obviously infinite, you know, infinite energy, um, infinity, the whole, um, and originally it was the idea of having a spiral energy in and energy out. Energy is always moving, but the spiral looked a little hokey. So I ended up going straight line and, you know, for depth and direction, true north alignment. I like it. It, it similar, not, not very close, but similar. It reminds me somewhat of the polar stuff uh. logo, which I have one of the, I think I've got. 
see the uh oh yeah look at that <laughs> but but uh, this is a little bit more like they're all about like funny camp vibe stuff but that's awesome i think as a as a guy who loves as you know putting logos on everything yes. i can see a lot of potential in that logo. yeah that's thank cool. you i've been told that as well and i i think it's just it's simple and um hopefully it's catchy we'll see it's yet we'll to see. be uh, yet to be discovered yet yeah to be found out yeah but who, who does all the photography um, so we, you did this with your iPhone seven, didn't you? <laughs> no, <laughs> that one is actually done by Anna Grazier. So we, cool. we've tapped into, um, three, four, um, photographers for Laney and Lou. And then a lot of it's done with ourselves. So good. Anna, Rayana Simon, Jen yeah. Backus and, um, Lauren Bodwell, they've all come and, and done photography, but Ray is now on contract with us and she's cool. just a love and a light. I'm sure you know who she is. Yes, I do. I mean, this is like cookbook style oh When's yeah Lenny and Lou cookbook coming out uh, I've been talking about it since day one I have I bet it's coming I soon. have a lot of really really big dreams and bold goals and I I really look forward to seeing them come together and you got to make money yes <laughs> how's that going um it's going it, it's hard because um as someone so lovingly said to me last week you operate in a closet <laughs> <laughs> and uh and it's just it is a small it's space. a small space yeah, but you had to get started somewhere and i love the story the story is that the projections were we were going to serve 30 people a day and the first day we sold you know we served 100 people and the third day we sold a, we served 160 people and now it just keeps getting bigger and bigger and um it touches my heart to see that people are driving you know a half hour 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 and a half oh, yeah. on the weekends to go there and um well there used to be that other spot but a uh, what was the name of the other spot next to her? Um, oh, the old, the other. What was uh, it called? Uh, Good remember? Karma. Is that what you're talking yeah, about? Yeah, remember when Good Karma was doing it right when that young couple was doing yeah, it, and yeah. then they started doing burgers, and then they, they got yeah, the, weird and it closed down. Like yeah, the business model got confused. Yes. Yes. But people were driving. I mean, we were driving to go there. I mean, people will drive because there's not a whole lot on the seacoast for healthy food options yes yes so it's people it's a destination in that way where people will come and be like oh my god i can get a healthy lunch like yes. whole foods holy crap yes it's crazy and there's more and more places coming out that you know are trying to do similar things and we're all very different but i think the again the, the whole laney lou experience is very unique and something that i'm very proud of well i mean there's ways to differentiate yourself right like yes. at, at the end of the day like customer service is is king and also cultivating an authentic community. Yes. But then having commitments that you stick to. Yeah. And innovation is like super important. Maybe that's the engineering spirit inside of me, mm -hmm. but, um, you know, it's funny, Tony, I follow Tony Robbins. He talks about this a lot too, is that in it, you have to innovate. You have to always be innovating yeah. your company or else. Yeah. You got to put yourself out of business. But at the same time, the innovator is in the most risky, uh, position because, mm -hmm. Um, you don't know how people are going to respond to things. So, um, you know, Laney Lou is, it, I mean, if I had a dollar for every person that said this isn't going to work before we opened, I, I mean, I literally could not believe the honesty people were coming up to me where it'd be like, whatever, sawing something or, or maybe putting it was down. jealousy. Maybe. And they were like, a little bit of that. This is not going to work in Exeter and you guys don't have any, you know, uh, you don't have any frontage and no one's ever going to see you and yeah. you know no one's going to want to come back here and and then you said if you build it they, they will come, come. <laughs> maybe that's what i said no i said this better fucking work you know <laughs> no. you're like namaste <laughs> I peace did. be with you you know what i said you know what we've been 
for some reason, uh, I think went at it in a very smart way and um, didn't over leverage ourselves and just said, you know what, this is something that I really believe in and I really believe that other people will believe in it too. Well, if I could give anybody advice now after owning several businesses, it'd be keep it super lean, mm. keep your overhead super low. And that's what you did. I mean, yeah. you took on a smaller space and that's the smart thing to do. You yeah. want you want to outgrow this space, not have to grow into it. Like, yes, exactly. You want to, you want to overshoot. You want to keep your project projections low and be conservative and blow those out of the water. Yeah. As opposed to the opposite. Yes. Because then you don't succeed. Yes. And then when you're scaling, just be smart about it. Exactly. I mean, you're not going to jump into a space five times the size of that. You know. Right. Like, unless you've got plans for an event center and and uh, yoga place and I mean I can yeah. see all kinds of I know I could too and uh, my entrepreneurial spirit is um it I am always processing and dreaming and um and I could see it too we've had a lot of requests for various different business models like that but I I think right now I'm pretty committed to the next one just being um you know a better version of what we have now as uh, something that can we can you know, pump out more, uh, more food more quickly, frankly, yeah. because we are all about convenience, good food on the go. And, um, but we do handcraft, like we handcraft all of those smoothies and all of that, fr that fruit is freshly cut to order and all that stuff. And that takes time. It just takes space. So, yeah. you know, these poor kids, like they, I mean, they're just such troopers. They're working back to back with their teammates and they're having a great time doing it and, um, and putting out just amazingly beautiful food. And to go back to innovation piece, I mean, to me, it's like I wanted to have fat coffee. It's a big part of my diet. And, you know, those are the tumor, tumorous uh, latte. Explain what fat, fat coffee, coffee is. is. Yeah. Um, it's, it's just adding a healthy fat into your brew. So that for me, it's butter or coconut oil or MCT oil, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, ghee. Those are the things that we offer at the cafe. Um, now, for a long time, it was said that, that these fats were bad for you. And now yes. tables have turned. Or big maybe time. they never turned for people that were knowledgeable yeah <laughs> about fats yeah um, i think in general people were just scared about fat yeah right and yeah. now um it's like okay yes you're right those you know medium chain chain uh fats are healthy for your brain it's most of us process that as a fuel better than sugar yeah. or carbs yeah. right um are you a fat eater are you high oh, fat? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah uh yeah yeah, yeah. I, I need a little bit more uh probably a little bit more animal protein in my life but i do still do dairy okay and i still will do we do butter at home uh pasture-raised butter yeah um i was starting to cook some salmon i do avocados so there's yeah and then you know all those healthy fats can coconut oil yeah um if you're into dairy you know certainly pastured butter i always mm -hmm. say like the highest quality dairy you can find mm -hmm. is where you want to go right yep. and thank god we live where we live because that's you know we source um all of our dairy from brookford farms in terms of butter and yeah, the yogurt um, yogurt we're just about to uh do a little bit of work with brookford farm yogurt i'm, I'm excited about that we have very little dairy at the cafe but do they do raw cream there? Um, they do, but we do not do it at the cafe. We do ser serve organic uh, pastured milk, but it's um, it's from that, another it's from another farm. I call that baller coffee. Baller. Like, uh, yeah, Brandmore really Farm good. has some really good. Uh, yes, they're they're at where Brookford used to be, 
But they, yeah, the heavy, like the raw cream with maple syrup and Love coffee. It. Oh, that sounds amazing. It's expensive. Yeah, it is expensive, but... <laughs> it's so good. Yeah, and that's, like, for me, um, I have tried intermittent fasting in the past, and this is, like, some people might say it's not true intermittent fasting, but um, for me in the morning, that's all I do is uh, fat coffee now, and I don't eat S- until after... What's your you know, recipe noon. that you do? Um well, this is actually a super fun innovation that we're doing at the cafe. But right now my recipe is um, a teaspoon of um, butter, teaspoon of coconut oil, and then some some superfoods. So like maca or ashwagandha or um, turmeric powder. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and, and I you just, put it in a blender? And I put it in a blender yeah. for, you know, 20 seconds and, yeah, and run, out, foams, run out the door. Yeah. yeah. Otherwise yeah. you're just doesn't look like much right well the fat's like floating on the top <laughs> and you're just like well, what the heck is like yeah. all over my lips right now um but we're actually re we're launching a new menu on thursday and we're gonna have a whole section of um basically design your own what we call crafted brews so um you can do that with um you know matcha if you're not a coffee person but um being able to uh help people through the idea of choosing like transformational foods to put inside of their coffees or Mm -hmm. blend into their coffees Mm -hmm. we already do that in smoothies and people are slowly catching on with that but there's a whole nother world and we put transformational foods in our salad dressings. I, it's like, let's try to make this food as high-performing as possible. Mm-hmm. Right? And that's so what's what's happening with turmeric and yeah. people putting it in lattes. And... Absolutely. So what what is the, to back up, what's kind of the health and science reasons for doing the uh, that coffee? Is it, is it a substitute for, for food in the morning? Are you getting enough fat from that to kind of be your breakfast as well? Yeah, most people don't need to eat as often as... They think uh, there's sort of been there are different schools of thought. Um, you know, the people that I you know follow and respect don't believe that you need to eat every three to five hours that you can go. Obviously, we're our bodies are designed. We have fat stores. We're designed to go longer periods of time. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if we go back, this is more like ancestral health. Right. Go way back and see what was happening. And we're designed to run on fat. And so um, that's why you get the quick sugar kit. And then if you're if you're a fat burner, you have much more sustained energy. So you don't have that lull. Um, So I've sort of I'm designing myself to be a fat burner and I still have sugars and and still had drink beer even I know that I probably shouldn't drink oh as much. Oh my gosh, don't I know. Yeah. It's crazy. This is another problem with being on the seacoast. Too many good beer. So companies. many, yeah. There's like th- two more opening up in the West End. It's insane. It's a good good problem to have for yeah. for the beer drinkers. For out sure. There. For sure. Um but I just find myself I don't have the roller coaster through the day. So I have fat coffee um, around eight or nine o'clock in the morning and then I'm busy and I'm off and I'm running and I'm not feeling like uh, that drain, that shaky, oh my God, I got to eat something. And then when I'm ready, I just go, okay, time for some food. Let's have some more fats, more avocado, you know, olive oil, whatever. And then, um, and then I'm sustained all the way through and I might have a snack midday and then I'll, but most of the time I don't and then I'll eat a healthy dinner at the end of the day. Are you, do you eat meat? I do. And what what animal proteins do you? Um, I don't eat meat very often. I'll do it like maybe a couple times a week. Um, it's really more out of uh, time and convenience. So I end up eating mostly uh, vegan, vegetarian most of the time. But I'll eat grass-fed beef, um, mm-hmm. wild-caught salmon. Those are the two things that I eat or, or um, you know, organic pastured uh, chicken. You know, cook those at home? Yes. Yeah. yeah. Or my husband will. <laughs> You cook the meat, but 
<laughs> so and I also had, uh, okay, so maybe the intermittent fasting you were mentioning is eating on a eight to 10 hour window. Is that what you're yeah, talking about? Because exactly. there's a lot of research that's been done on how your body needs a good amount of time to to rest and right. process all that stuff. So for a while, when I, before I was taking my allergy medicine, I was doing the morning smoothies and mm-hmm. I was doing the intermittent, uh, intermittent, 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 yes. Yeah, there we go. Intermittent, minted, minted. <laughs> Let's just stop saying that. Uh, that fasting, and I was, I think I was able to stick with my day to a 10 hour window. Mm-hmm. Eight, eight was just not accomplishable within my working schedule and getting yeah. the kids to bed and then eating. Um, but I felt fucking great. Yeah. It's amazing. I felt really good. High, high energy if you do yeah. it right. So that's why I was saying that um, some like hardcore, uh, I, we'll say IF, so we don't have to say intermittent. Oh. Um, awesome. You can say it. You say it all you want. I'm just done. For um, some reason, it's hanging me up. But if people are hardcore, they would say, well, Jen, having fat coffee in the morning is not intermittent fasting. I would tend to disagree with that only because I'm only having, you know, two teaspoons of fat. It's not that much. And I'm not having any sugar or carbs. So. But is that based, I mean, when are you done eating for the day? I if tend you, to eat from 12 to 8. Okay, so 8, eight, eight hours. Oh, oh, so you're not considering that fat coffee eating. Part of my eating, yes. But when I was hearing, it was like you take a drink of anything other than water. I know. And that's considered starting I your food. So I think you're cheating. I might be cheating. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. The well, I, no. The I have people that are listening to this are like coming after her. <laughs> I will not support her <laughs> cafe. She is not authentic. And and Lee has got too many carbs. Yeah. This is bullshit. <laughs> Sorry. This I, podcast is airing soon. I love it when I hear people say that there's too many carbs in Lee Lou food. That just like that's not like what? Those are what are the carbs? Like fruit and yeah, but that's like bullshit. That. Like car, like real carbs are like right. bread, right? Pasta, and yeah. And we have fermented sourdough. If you want some bread, and that's the best, you know, kind of bread that you can yeah. have. If you're gonna have it, have that. But I mean, I feel like bread in moderation is not bad for you, and it depends on you know sprouted grains, you know things who like you that. Are. I, yeah, who you are, how your body processes it. But I, I don't think all. Grains and breads are bad for you. I just think that, you know, certain things obviously turn into sugar and yeah. obviously the more sugar, right, the worse things are. Yeah. Again, it's we're just trying to level out like our energy field. We should be fairly high energy most of the time. Like we shouldn't feel like we need to take a, a nap, um, you know, halfway through the day, in my personal opinion. Well, I mean, a lot of times around lunchtime, if you eat something that's got especially carbs... Like I ate at a place uh, this last week and I had a pulled pork sandwich mm-hmm. and I had a huge friggin' bun mm-hmm. and I was ready to pass out afterwards. I was just like, <sighs> yeah, because your body is like Dude, all attention you towards doing, your stomach. <laughs> you were doing that healthy stuff and then you started eating this <laughs> damn medicine. Now you're a horrible uh, person. <laughs> I do believe that's true, though. It's You do get affected by, you know, not so healthy foods a little bit more if you're primarily healthy. Oh yeah. 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 You, you feel, I mean, you feel it. I think, yeah, it's just when you start running on whole foods and you start feeling good and you cut those things out. I think the problem is we're, we're creatures of, of, of habit and you get used to doing something a certain way and breaking that habit is really tough. And some mm-hmm. of the, some of that stuff is comfort. Yes. Like absolutely. a lot of that rituals comfort, but then when you get yourself into a pattern, whether it's exercise or eating right and you feel the results mm. and you don't want those results to go away. You mm-hmm. want to keep feeling that way. It's just getting yourself into a new pattern. But 
pattern changing is tough. Yeah, yeah. It's really tough. Yeah, absolutely. And we're not even like getting into how much time we have because I mean, this we got, is, we if more time. we go down this path, it could be a lengthy conversation. So we, we do, do it. it. But um, we're not even talking about the effects that food has on the world. And yeah. so, you know, I, I don't know, um, you know, what made your wife choose to go vegan, but, you know, the vegans that have made the choice just based on the ethical choice and the effects that meat can have on the environment, you know, I have a lot of respect for them. I actually tried to go vegan. Um, I practiced um, pretty hardcore vegan, no, no soy, no grains as well. Yeah. Um, no, it was no intense. Um, I no, I was not doing honey at the time. Um, and so I did that for about four months, but I, I don't know what happened. I went from being able to run 10 miles to not being able to run two miles. So my body yeah, it's not did not love right it. Right for everyone. Did not love it. Yeah. So um, then I had to like sort of circle back around. And now it's like mostly, I just say mostly vegetarian. Yeah, we eat pretty much vegan vegetarian at home. Yeah. We don't cook a whole lot of meat at home. And then when yeah. I'm out and there's a good restaurant, I can go to like a Moxie, a Black Trumpet or, yep. you know, Eleni Lou's, one of the places I know has good quality meat, Right. then I'll eat it. Right, right. But I try to steer away from it yes. if I don't know the source. Yes. And I think that's the key and the, the impact, like, that's again why I feel like we are just so fortunate to be here um, on the seacoast. We have so many farmers, whether they're vegetable farmers or meat farmers, that understand the impact that their practices have uh, on our world and on our uh, on our bodies. Um, and so we're, for, we're very fortunate to be able to yeah, get I mean, healthy meat. The great thing is, is the, the, the frequency and the amount of, if you, if you're, if you're a Netflix, uh, member, the amount of documentaries that are out there now and, and the people like Michael Pollan and Joel Salatin, the people that are getting these platforms to say like, listen, yeah, this is a system that works together. If you do these things, you set off this thing and everything needs to be working a symbiotic relationship you yes. know, like it's not all disconnected it's it's all connected it's all connected exactly and yeah it's it's um it's scary that that um there's still a lot of people that don't know about it and it, it's scary that the the government drives a lot of these policies to allow it to perpetuate mm -hmm. and it's sad that it's driven by money yes because they don't give a shit about how you feel if you've got cancer if your kids are sick they're just trying to make money yes and that's not conspiracy that's the truth and when you get older and you realize that you're just like what the hell we could change this all in a second if we wanted to but money runs the world and money runs politics which is why you have such a such a huge grassroots movement in communities like this to kind of take it into our own hands yes you know like we'll grow our own food We'll start our own businesses. Like, fuck this. If you're not going to... Right. If you don't care about us, we don't care about you, but we're going to make... I mean, there are good people in politics. There have to be. Like, I don't care what you think about it. There has to be good people that care within this system. Oh, that's, of course. That's so messy, but yeah. I digress. No, I think it's important. I, I actually don't really get into um, politics. I... I, I hate to even say it. I don't even really look at the news, and and one yeah, that's a good thing. Yeah, I, I don't just watch it. I just can't. It takes me down this whole. I, I know during the election, I was like glued to the TV yeah. constantly. I'm like, what am I doing? Like, I could be doing something 
more productive with my life. I need to step away. I, I mean, I felt the importance of it. Don't get me wrong. So that was yeah. one of the reasons why I wanted to sort of understand what was happening. But um, but for the most part, it just makes me feel really bad. And um, and I think all we can be responsible for really is what our impact is. And so if I can make my little bubble a little bit better and again, somebody else does that and you do that and stuff, then it's amazing. You know, we, we that's why this community is so special, I think. Yeah, it's it's tough. I think if you can avoid uh, watching the news, you feel a lot better. I mean, even Facebook can get pretty depressing at times. But then I just try to share fun stuff like Shaquille O'Neal slam dunking on people. And, you know, <laughs> like I'm just like, you know what? You guys are all blaring about all these things. And how about uh, this guy that I grew up watching play basketball in the 90s just yeah. slamming on people? Yeah. Like, why don't you watch this for a little bit? Like, yeah. Then, take a little break. Yeah. Well, and it's tough. I mean, I... I get it. I get it. it's, you know, uh, it's important. And um, there are some issues that people really do need to stand up, especially if it's affecting them and their ability to be them themselves. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, I, I don't know. I feel like most of the time you, these people are just suffering because they're they're on, they're the only ones that are suffering because they're they're so angry about what's happening and something that's so out of their control. Yeah, and then it, yeah. Well, then it just consumes you. I think more. I think uh, like I'm. I'm more sensitive. I think that's because I'm a Pisces. You know, I'm like, a Pisces too. Oh, you are. Yeah, that's why you're sensitive. So <laughs> Heather's a. My wife's a, a Pisces too. So we're all s- sensitive people, and I think like information in mm-hmm. does not like that kind of information in all the time does n- does not help your mindset. You no, know? like so it's like just avoiding it and doing what you can do to make things better is is the best you can do for yourself and your community. Otherwise, you're just a miserable, sad person. Yeah. Like, you can only take in so much of that information, and I think you have to find a way to to have a positive outlet. Yep. I very much agree. Yeah. Power to the Pisces. <laughs> What's your birthday? Uh, March 3rd. Ah, March 8th. Yeah. See, that's why I like the triangle, because I'm, I'm, uh, my birthday is 3383. Oh, so yeah. Threes. Just a baby. Yeah. When were you born? (laughs) 77. Oh, my God. I can't believe I'm 40. Yeah. But thank God I figured out the little bit that I figured out. 40 is a new 20. Yeah. Yeah. But you were making six figures at 24, so it's not like... Yeah, but I was like focused Miserable. on I was focused on the plastic water industry, plastic water bottle industry and again, what good was I doing, you know? Donating a little money here and there. But I I think that, you know, again, maybe not all some people are more emotionally aware and over time as you learn stuff, you're like, you want to make change because yeah. some people can compartmentalize that stuff and they're just okay with it. They don't see the problem or they just, when they leave, it's, it's over. But other people are just like, feel it to the core and they're like, every day I'm doing this, mm. I'm killing people. Mm. <laughs> you know, like it's mm-hmm. that sensitive where you're like every day, like at one point I worked for, I won't name the company, one point I worked for, and this is most of them, uh, a shoe company, a famous shoe company, you know, involved in the soccer world. And I would get in the packaging and it'd be like made in Bangladesh or made in these places. And then I started thinking, there are sweatshops with kids making these things, but mm. this is capitalism. But I don't feel good about that. I can't do this anymore. Why am I doing this? Yeah. So then you start to think about it. And once you're aware of those things, it's hard to, to not want to do something that yeah. Makes a positive impact. Yeah. Especially, did you have a chance to go over there and see? No, I, I wasn't at that um, level within the company. I was more of like a peon in the retail and customer service side of things. So I didn't go over. Yeah. 
And and so yeah, have you? Yeah, first um for a six month period I, I left my first job that I was at for nine years and then went to work for a company that was really Singaporean, but they did most of their manufacturing in China and had the opportunity to go over for a couple of weeks and, and tour around a few different plants and stuff. And I was told by uh, some of my American um, customers that were there visiting, some are very prominent customers and very prominent brands that we would recognize and probably even have at our own houses. And um, and they were like, no, Jen, this is, the, this is like one of the best. And I remember just being like, if this is the best, I don't definitely do not want to see the worst. Yeah. And then, you know, driving around and stuff and, you know, the my local host pointing out, oh, there those are the, you know, that's the housing community for our competitors and seeing how, you know, people were being forced to live. And I just, I couldn't do it. I, I did it for six months and I finally had to just be like, I, I can't do this. This is just so off the mark for me. And so I, I went to another plastics company for the next six years, but still. You know. Well, it's tough. I mean, if you look at manufacturing of products, we've we've become accustomed for so long to a, a well, our wages have lowered, and the cost of things have gone up. Yeah. And and it's just we're so far beyond coming back almost because it's like, you know, with Papa Wolf, we're carrying American-made shirts. You know, and some of those shirts cost on average between seventy and one hundred and eighty dollars. Like, not everyone can afford that, but maybe they could. It's a change in mindset of saying, instead of buying five shirts, I'll buy one for the year. Yes. You know, instead of buying four pairs of Levi's, I'll buy one pair of American-made denim. But you're not going to hit everyone with that. You right. know, And so the challenge is people are on very low wages, and they have to feed their kids. They have to put clothes on them. So the only place they can go to where it's affordable is a Walmart, is a Target. You know, and so it's it's just how do you ever go back because the infrastructure for some of this manufacturing, almost all of it's left the country and now it's overseas. Mm. And the cost of goods is, is so much lower to manufacture overseas that it's it's tough. It's going to take a long time for that to happen. Now, again, kind of going back to voting with your your dollar, you can choose to do that, but you have to first be aware of why it's bad. And you have to make enough money to be even be even able to make that. Yeah that choice oh it's so true and and prioritizing your dollars your very hard earned dollars and you know if i was going to have to choose between i don't know a shirt and the kale that i buy i think i would buy the kale you know locally and sustainably and organically if i had to make that choice so i think it's really i think it is a tough it's a tough thing but um there's this one company maybe you've heard of it um i think the it's called Kuyana. I don't yeah, know if I'm saying it. it correctly. It's C-U-Y-A-N-A, I believe it is. Um, their tagline is, um, what is it? Like, fewer better things. That's what it is. Fewer yeah. better things. And they are a clothing, high-end clothing line, primarily geared towards women. Uh, but you are. it's like the idea that you have one pair of black pants yeah. and one shirt. And, and so... I, I love that, and I can't afford to buy uh, clothes from them uh, yet. But um, but the idea is, uh, and that's been the mission of my life since 2013. Is like, you know, we made a conscious decision when I decided to do Wild Adventurous Life to start downsizing our life, simplifying, get rid of shit that we haven't looked at for ages and things that we don't need. And, um, and and when we made a decision not to have kids, it was like, we don't need to have four bedrooms. We only need one. And it doesn't even really need to be a true bedroom 
Um, so that to me has been one of the most empowering decisions because when I realized that you know, my, my corporate life was driving the sort of materialistic side of me. I was like, who am I? I don't even know. Why do I have all these things? I don't need four TVs. What's going on with me? I don't even use them. Yeah. Do you think that was like a marketing, like driven by society almost like for the, for a long, I mean, still driven like the house, the car. Yeah. I think it was driven by that. I think it was driven by, um, you know, my ex-husband and the relationship I had with him and this weird like competition thing that I think he sort of had with some of our uh, friends at the time. And, and you just start to realize like, why do I, and it just seems like, yeah, this is the norm. This is, it's normal for, you know, it's this time. It's the time in your life when you're supposed to be buying a, a home or, mm -hmm. or big home or whatever. Um, so I love that I've been able to make some very conscious decisions to like I don't need to follow what society is telling me and yeah. and that's why there's like the tiny house movement all that stuff totally. is so fun and inspiring because it's a bunch of primarily I think millennials going I don't need to follow the same uh you know footsteps as my parents and make the same mistakes they made debt isn't cool right like having debt is not cool not cool I mean I hope it's a I, I think it is a, a consciousness shift you know on all these different levels of just that awareness i hope i hope kind of not to go back to the the government i hope that the structure can change at some point i hope that because as much of a punk rocker as i am where you know for the longest time i was like screw the man we don't need the man you know and then you're like <laughs> you get a little older and you start businesses and you're like oh actually yeah. to deal with the man yeah and if i don't work with the man we don't get as much progress and so you can't, as much as you just like to say, we can do this on your on our own, you can't get the massive change you want without the government being a part of it. So so my hope is that, um, you know, with this movement of people realizing that they have to be involved in things, with someone like Donald Trump being president and people being more vocal and more aware, that will get a, a government that's more representative of the people. Yeah, let's hope so. Let's hope so. I know so. It's gonna happen. Yeah. It has to. I, I think the most amazing thing that has come out of it um, is it feels like people are talking about just caring for each other more. Yeah. Um, and so uh, that might not be representative of exactly what's happening in, in the government, but it's what I'm seeing in a tiny scale and, and seeing every day in the cafe, literally from, I mean, it, there were a lot of tears election day in the cafe from customers and stuff and then seeing how people were sort of rising up from that it was so amazing mm -hmm. it was tangible it was really cool that's awesome yeah yeah that's good stuff well i think we're coming to a natural uh end here um your website for laney lou is laney and lou i don't know why i keep saying Lou. <laughs> yes the website website is laney and lou.com l-a-n-e-y-a-n-d-l-u.com and then wild adventurous life yes is just wild adventurous life.com yes and on on wild adventurous life you have a list of events coming up Yes, it's a little light, but I'm working on uh, several things right now. So that will be populating in and I've taken a little break from the blog. But, um, you know, that's really the key is to bring uh, exciting content uh, into this world. So, um, you know, drop your email on both websites and we'll keep you up to date on what's happening. Cool. Anything else you'd like to mention or you? No. Like yeah, I feel like we did it. All but right, thank cool. you so much. This is an honor. Thanks for being on the show, Jen. Take Bye. care. Goodbye, everybody.